2: Hey, we're back here on the KNC Masterpiece on 105.3 The Fan. It's me, Corey Majors. I also got Mike Bassick and Joey with me today. And, Mike, I'm really happy to have you here today because I do want to get into some World Baseball Classic stuff in a little bit. Uh, 1040-ish? Yeah, 1040-ish during Baseball Nuggets for sure. Like, it is – it's a blast. I had it on the TV all day yesterday. I just was like, man, I can just turn this on, leave it on. I, I can TOLO that. Man, I can TOLO that for sure. Uh, today though, in an hour, in about an hour is it's time to start tampering. Uh, it's time to start saying, Hey, let's make some deals. Let's, uh, let's get some things, uh, underway here. Cowboys restructured Dak's contract uh, and Zach Martin's on Friday. I'm sure y'all talked about that pretty extensively. It is uh, on, amazing. On Friday. I was so,
0: amazing. so surprising they did that. <laughs> Could, shocking news from the Dallas Cowboys that they restructured.
2: The, there were a couple of big things, though, that happened this weekend. One of them is, obviously, that Odell's back out there. And, Mike, I know you're a huge fan of, of signing him to the I, Cowboys. I mean,
0: I think if you just look at – how much julio jones improved tampa bay this year and aj green improved the cardinals i believe if that's where he went i just feel like in the history of the nfl if you look at usually 30 32 year old receivers when they move to other teams i feel like they do a tremendous job of taking that team to the next level here's my thing at this point mike the way that guys are coming out of
2: college ready to play as receivers There's like, why even go to the third contract with, why even get, once they hit a certain age, I don't even know what that age is.
0: It's different for everybody because it matters their injury history. Yeah, but with these, with a lot of these guys, it's like, man, I'm ready to move on to the next one because they're just, they're just pumping them out every year. And I'd say, look, Larry Fitzgerald, who stayed with one team, injury history, not much, was able to play into his mid to mid thirties. I'll say very well. Late thirties obviously fell off quite a bit. Randy Moss. Maybe I'm wrong about him. I don't remember him having a major injury at all with Minnesota, Oakland, the one year. And then, obviously, he goes, you know, around 30 years old to uh, New England and was tremendous. Uh, But he wasn't having knee surgeries and and groin surgeries the way that Odell Beckham uh, has and the way that maybe you look at Julio Jones from about age 29 to 32, what he was dealing with uh, injury-wise. So. I just look at it and go, man, there's a lot of hype. I get his name. He made the catch. Kids will still say I Odell'd it. So he will live for a while uh, in, in NFL history because of the catch against the Dallas Cowboys against the guy. The last time the Cowboys actually signed somebody that was considered a solid free agent was Brandon Carr, who was covering Odell Beckham Jr. on that catch. So, if you want to go back in history, you can go to, I can't remember what year that was, but that was the last time the Cowboys decided to spend a lot of money on a free agent that wasn't their own.
2: In 263 games, Larry Fitzgerald started 261. He only, in five seasons, missed games. Okay, In, in his entire career, so from 2004 to 2020, is that 16 seasons? He missed in in 5 seasons missed games. Twice he missed one game. 3 times he missed 3 games. Other than that 16 games started and played for Larry yeah. Fitzgerald in his career. Amazing. I mean that that's that's pretty special right there. Uh the the big story I thought though that really drove Cowboys fans nuts or probably is is that when the big headline stories are up, the Cowboys aren't involved. Yeah. Whenever Jalen Ramsey gets traded the Cowboys aren't involved, and Cowboys fans lose their s. Like, yeah. they they lose their
0: minds about it this. What probably helps them out for the people that lose their minds is that Micah Parsons, the Cowboys' best player, also is not happy when good players or great names. I do think Jalen Ramsey's still good, so I do not put him in the Odell Beckham Jr. category. Mm-hmm. I, I, I still think he's not what he was, but he's still like borderline top 10 cornerback in the NFL, and I understand that you know, when people get upset with that because it wasn't a compensation of first round picks or anything like that.
2: 877-881-1053. Are you are you losing your mind about this right now? Or are you like, you know, this is this is the Cowboys. This is just what they do. This they don't approach they don't approach the, the trade market the same way. The Cowboys like to limit themselves until they get into the season and go. Holy crap, we don't have this. We need to get it. We have to trade a first-round pick for it now. Instead of saying, hey, could we maybe make one of these little trades? Now, I understand there's also salary that comes along with it, and I am not a capologist. I have not gotten there yet. So one point, one day, I will be interested. You know what? No, I don't I'll... think you're
0: going to have to because the Cowboys are going to run the thing the way that they've ran it for since Brandon Carr. I mean, when you literally go back or – and luckily, they didn't sign the guy Who is the the cornerback from Oakland that ended up signing with Philadelphia. That dropped off Not the, the face, awesome Yeah, dropped off the face of the earth as an NFL football player after that contract. Horrible player after that. But if you just look at it, you don't. All you have to do is know this: the Cowboys are going to restructure their quarterback and a few other players that they feel like are easily restructurable. Yeah, oh, that's good. I like yeah. that. I Perfect like that term. word that I just used there. Thank you. <laughs> and then they're going to. Not really do anything in free agency except sign guys to three year max deals, three million per year almost as the max amount that they'll go to to fill in holes just in case they're not drafted in the draft. And then we'll go to training camp and Jerry Jones will say, This is the greatest team I've ever seen in my life. And then we will believe that they're all going to go 17 and 0 mm-hmm. and win the Super Bowl. And then we're going to get to the end of training camp and we're going to watch and go, hey, they're kind of a little bit weak here or or, or not that great there. We knew that at the end of last year and they didn't really fill it. Sometimes you get lucky with a guy like Curse or something that does fill a need and you didn't know that he was going to be that good yeah. for you. But last year it was Anthony Barr. So late in training camp or right before training camp, they'll go, we didn't solve it in the draft. Uh, there's nobody that really fell to us. We're watching our younger guys do this. Whether it was like Jabril Cox, who unfortunately I think we're a big fan of, he just hasn't yep. produced or been healthy they enough to do. They don't trust produce. him
2: yet. They don't trust him to know what he's doing yet. And so
0: you get like Anthony Barr type players some somewhere during training camp to fill in the spots that just aren't working out. And that's your Cowboys for a decade, and it's not going to change.
2: From the this is this is a really good approach keeping your own players make sense when they produce championships otherwise what are you doing like th- you keep looking for the players you keep adding you keep working you keep trying to make something happen this is this is what's wild to me jerry jones what's how did jerry jones get this team how did he buy the cowboys i think he took out loans and stuff all right but what was his business before that oil he was an oil guy this dude maybe a
0: little real estate. This yeah. dude
2: loved loved the idea. He was a he was a a, a dig junkie. All right, that's what I'm going to call it. A lot of like my uh my friends worked in in the real estate world, but they were working in like big high risers and doing all this. And they were deal junkies is what they called themselves. Cuz th- whenever there was a deal on the line, they wanted to work it out, they wanted to make this money, they wanted to go run and have some fun with it afterwards. Jerry Jones for a long time was a dig junkie. He wanted to find a gym. He wanted to find that, as he likes to say, the glory hole. And somewhere along the way, Mike, he stopped wanting that. I, and I, it must have been the Manziel moment. Whenever he got told by his son, "We're not doing that," that's when all these like, "Hey, let's go take this risk and do this and do that." All of it went away. And I, and it, it is the, it is the mindset of Stephen. Like that, that is in his mindset right. is to be to protect the money, to not lose it. If I don't screw anything up, everything's going to be just fine. But Jerry's missing link of let's go find this deal and make
0: it happen. That's missing from this well, club. I think when did Jerry lose it? First of all, I don't think he really runs the Cowboys anymore. Yeah. I think he's just watching from afar. It kind he's of a, has become a slow. He's a multi-billionaire. Yeah. He has three Super Bowl rings. He is in the Hall of Fame. He has he's done everything his resume is there's nothing he was executive of the year which I think Brian brought was a bit after 2016 was a big thing because you know Dak and Zeke and everything going from a, yeah. a team that was uh, the fourth overall pick to a team that had the best record in the NFC and him getting executive of the year he's won every award there's no other thing he can win. He can't get into the Hall of Fame again. He's already in. You know, I mean, the the billions have have flowed in. His resume is complete. Steven really doesn't have much of a a resume at all, except Daddy made billions of dollars and is handing him over the organization to run. I get that uh, Scarlett has her part of the organization to run. Jerry Jr. has his part of the organization to run. But Steven seems to be the football guy. He's going to run the football team. And he doesn't have really a resume at all. He's not going to be in the Hall of Fame. He will not get any type of recognition for helping the NFL. That all goes to Jerry, his dad. But I don't think, I wonder this. When you're a child and you have been given everything, how what is your work ethic like? What is, I wonder what Steven Jones, I don't know this. I'm throwing it out as a question. I just wonder when you've been handed billions and billions of dollars, which very few people are, yeah. but that's what Steven is. He's a, he's a born-in billionaire. How how hard is his work ethic? How much does he want a resume of being the general manager or the guy that ran? Because if the Cowboys win this year, and I know Jerry will be the general manager, president, owner, mm-hmm. but we all know that it was Stephen Jones and Will McClay that ran the football team. Yeah. And, but he, I don't know, like, does, how much do you care when you're a billionaire son? How much do you care?
2: Well, and also, I guess in the billionaire's mind, he's turned that over to that guy. And he's like, all right, you can learn, you can fail, you can do all these things. It's not really going to cost you. You know, you're you're not going to lose your GM or whatever title. So you're not, you're not going to, I just need to trust that you're doing the job that I've signed you up for. Yeah. Like that is you're basically saying i trust that you're doing the work i'm gonna turn things over to you you want it you you fought me on manzel so you want this thing so my hands are off now until you need me to come in and like slam the door on some sort of deal and i'll do that i'll be the the a-hole whenever that moment comes up and sometimes you need that and steven so but his like i said his job his desire is to protect it Rather than to say, you know what, it's time for us to go launch one here, launch one there, launch one there, and make a big, bold move.
0: And maybe, Steven, I'm throwing this out as a, I don't know, maybe Steven's like, look, I don't care to make a big move. My dad's going to get the credit in the end, because NFL Network, maybe ESPN, the Sporting News, you know, Sports Illustrated, whoever it is, they will still give Jerry, Jerry was the general manager, Jerry, you know, or is, Jerry is the yeah. general manager, Jerry is the president, Jerry is the owner, so... We will put this one on his resume. Steven will get nothing on his resume if the Cowboys win the Super Bowl this year. And maybe Steven's like, look, I just have to hold course until I am in total control and people are going to give me the credit or blame. Mm -hmm. Like, It doesn't really matter to me. But when I have all the credit and all the blame on me, and let's just be honest here, that's when Jerry Jones passes away, whether it's three years from now or 30 years from now. I have no clue. Right. Nobody knows. Right. When I could die today. So could Jerry Jones. Mm-hmm. I could die 80 years from now. I don't think Jerry has 80 more years because that would be the record uh, as far as we know. Uh, so <laughs> I would just say that at some point, Steven is going to get the credit and blame. And maybe in his mind, he's like, it's not now. So I'm not going to risk it for the biscuit. Yeah. When I don't really get the credit or blame for anything yet.
2: The I mean, look at the Rangers right now they needed they needed Chris Young to do what he did right they like desperately needed the you, you were at the stadium it was not full all the time it, there were nights where you're just like whoa and chris young said we have to make a move that lets the fans know we we we're, that we're doing this cowboys in that mindset they don't ever need to And, hell, they just won 12 games back-to-back. I know the playoffs seem far off and everything, but don't you want to take it to that next place? You want to win 12 games? That's awesome. How do you go win in the playoffs? How do you get better there? You have to add to this team in some way. Now, I did see this from Jane Slater moments ago. She said she can confirm the Cowboys have had what is described as initial conversations with Bobby Wagner. Mike said that he has two... A, Mike has already said they're going to the Super Bowl, all right? There's a lot of reality that Mike's dealing with here today, but in the Super Bowl world, that also exists. So he said if they got Bobby Wagner and DeAndre Hopkins, he can guarantee a win in a Super Bowl right there. They have had discussions with Bobby Wagner, but again... This is, does the money and value make sense? And that's where the Cowboys are like, we're trying to get you on a value deal. We're going to the dollar store and hoping that this can of tuna isn't expired. Like That's essentially what the Cowboys want, is maybe you're not expired, and maybe we can get you on a very cheap deal. Bobby Wagner likes money, and I don't think he's just going to settle for whatever the Cowboys are throwing out. We're trying to get
0: Anthony Barr. We're trying to get James Washington. Those are... Just go down the first 50 list, mark them all off your list. Yeah. Once you get to 51, we, the Cowboys will start shopping around there.
2: That being said, we will be on alert at 11 o'clock today when all those things do begin. We'll have all of our insiders ready to call in and be part of that today because there could be some significant moves. The Cowboys could lose a couple players today. Uh, they could lose a couple players really quickly, and then you're thinking, now how do I replace that? And the Cowboys are going to have to turn their heads to the free agency area. They just don't like to do it early. Because that's where you spend the most money. Coming up next, congratulations to this team. And how much does Jason Kidd contribute to close losses for the Mavs? Next on The Fan.
4: Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business.
2: Going to get into some Mavs conversation here about what Jason Kidd does. Does he help or hurt late games whenever the Mavericks are trying to get some wins? They're trying to scratch them out right now. Got a couple of other notes I wanted to get to real quick. Mike, I just saw this. A seventh rounder has been traded from the Falcons to the New England Patriots for Jonu Smith, the tight end, who I thought was a great signing for uh, for New England. And then they kind of underutilized him. Now he's going to the Falcons where they have... Uh, the next Jerry Rice, as Mike is uh, Mike has dubbed him, so I'm kind of interested to see how they utilize their tight ends in uh, in 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 Atlanta. But that being said, Arthur Smith was the offensive coordinator for Jonu Smith uh, whenever he was whenever he was with the Titans, and now Arthur Smith's down there in in uh, in Atlanta, so maybe that has some sort of correlation there. Maybe that's what they want to do: run a little more, be a little stronger with their backs there. So we'll see what's going on. Mike, I wanted to say congratulations to Lake Highlands High School. Okay. They are 6A champions in basketball this year. Yes. And Trey Johnson scored 29 points in the state final, the state title game. And Samson Alton, uh, he had 10 points, 10 rebounds, and 7 blocks. Dude, that's, uh, that's pretty impressive. Lake Highlands right around the corner from where we are in the studio.
0: So not only Lake Highlands, but Kemble yep. won state championship. And I think it's called Family Faith. They might have won like their third one in a row. And I'm sorry, that's an Oak Cliff school. So it might, it might be Faith Family. I'm sorry I'm, I'm messing up the name because it's not in front of me. Um, I didn't know we were going to talk high school basketball here. But I do want to talk about it for a second. First of all, Trey Johnson is the number one player in the country for juniors. Uh, I also... Some of my Lake Highlands friends, because they're like, "Hey, we're gonna watch the championship game tonight. If you want to come over," and I was kind of like, "Well, Duncanville would be in this instead of Lake Highlands, except we weren't good enough cheaters." And hey, they, hey, hey! And they thought, "Wait, they they took offense to that." And I was like, "No, I'm not. Look, Lake Highlands is a great school. They played each other this year. Duncanville beat Lake Highlands this year, just by a hair. It was a it was a it was a very close game and a close finish. But Duncanville, who's number one in the nation, who I think is gonna end up being USA Today's number one team in the nation." wasn't allowed to play in the uh, UIL state tournament this year because they felt like Anthony Black was an illegal transfer from Coppell.
2: Ah, yeah, that happens. And so they
0: said, well, then you're not going to be able to play in this year's uh, state championship because Duncanville had, in a weird way, I guess you can say they'd won four in a row, even though 19 they really won it, 20 they were in the state championship game and then COVID canceled it. Right uh then 21 they did win it and then last year they did win it but now they're saying well that doesn't count uh and then this year they weren't allowed in the tournament
2: man lots of chaos surrounding them for some why i wonder why uh but yeah man congratulations like weird
0: how like if you're a school district person like an allen and your kid is like you're the ad or something and your kid isn't gonna be the quarterback anymore, you can transfer and start playing at Lovejoy or whatever immediately. Yeah. And there's no UIL doesn't do anything about all those transfers. But when Anthony Black decided to come to Duncanville, they're like, you know what? Let's shut this down.
2: It's I will say I've seen it happen. Kevin and I saw it happen many times. As deep as you try to get in on the story, there's always a place where it just kind of stalls out. Right. Uh, but sometimes. They and I don't make know everything
0: about why UIL did what they did, but to Lake Islands, that is a great team. Uh, and I believe the tall, I uh, say the tall kid, I'm sorry, I don't know his name. I believe he's going to an Ivy League school.
2: Right? Yeah. Uh, Samson Al- uh, Alton, is that yeah. him? Yeah, yeah. He's going to Yale. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and- but that, by the way, it is Faith Family. So uh, that is uh, that you got that one right. there, And Trey
0: Johnson is going somewhere too. I just don't know where. But it's not Uh, Lake Highlands.
2: I'll have to pull
0: that story up real quick again
2: (laughs) just to find it. Um. So congratulations to Lake Highlands there, Mike. Also, I saw Shams tweeting about this earlier. Yeah. The NBA is considering or in discussions of setting a certain amount of games you have to play to win MVP. And they're that's kind of where they are. They're kind of in the, the 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 phases of. They're still discussing it right now. I don't. I would that change anything? Would that be like? Would guys go? Well, then I don't really want the MVP anymore. Uh, There's gonna be some guys, but th- that are like, I need that. I have to get it. But can't you see a? I don't know. They're like a J- a LeBron James. He doesn't need it anymore. Right?
0: Kawhi isn't gonna Kawhi. care about that. Well, James Harden probably doesn't care about right. that. I'm sure right now, to your point, Joel Embiid probably cares quite a bit about it because he doesn't have one yet. It's funny because he's like the second, third, fourth best player in the NBA, but he keeps finishing second team all NBA because yeah. Jokic finishes first team, I guess, according to Kendrick Perkins, because he's white. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think it will affect some people. I do think Luka Doncic does want an MVP on his resume. Yes. So I'm sure and he's that young. it will affect him in some way. But I'm, I'm guessing once you get to be 30, 31 years old, I bet most of those guys, the way that the NBA has decided to do things, that most of those guys are like, look, I'm 31 years old. If I didn't win an MVP yet, I'm just going to sit out 25 to 30 games and be ready for the playoffs.
2: I, I wonder like a Ja Morant, like he's had some injury problems. There are some like when it comes yeah. to his body, just the way that he plays. He's played 67, 63, 57, 53. Yeah. All right. So, like, it, would he say, you know what, I need to play 70-something, 80-something games or 80 games to be yeah. able to get this? I don't
0: know. Yeah. And to your, it's tough because all those players are getting maxed out quickly, understandably. And then they're also getting anywhere from about 10 to $15 million a year and maybe more than that from their shoe company yeah. that they've signed with. And other endorsements can be there, too. So it's always tough. To, money's really not a motivation for the great NBA players. Because they're getting so much money from their contract, so much money from their shoe contract, yeah, that it has. You're, you're, it's weird in the NBA now. We're having to figure out how to. The product has become worse. How like, how do we? Products. How do we make do we you guys want to play basketball?
2: Yeah, how do we motivate these guys?
0: Besides April, May, and June, I get they're very motivated in April, May, and June. But how do we motivate you guys October through April? Because they're like, look, it doesn't. It seems like teams don't care if they're the three seed or the six seed. As long as yeah. they're in the playoffs, they don't care.
2: Yeah, I mean, and and there there is not a – at the moment, there's not a uh, magic and bird. There's not a, no. a I want to go beat that guy because like Dylan Brooks talking trash about Luka not right. being scared, that's fine. And you know Luka wants to be out there for that. But there's not anything that's like that, – that's really driving these guys to just be competitive for the sake of being competitive – because the money was the was the thing they were trying to attain the whole time. All right, so the Mavericks lose again.
0: I can't believe it.
2: And, and uh and it's it Mike you're it's getting to a point where you're just you're I'm flustered. I don't know what to think about why this team is what it is. Yeah. But without its stars, we'll talk about Kyrie not playing uh at noon today. Right. Without its stars, you can you can kind of be like, "Okay, this team's going to struggle." But man, when it comes to close games, when it comes to some of these decisions that Jason Kidd's making, are you frustrated? Are you like this? He was in the Western Conference Finals with this team last year. Not just because of Luka, but a lot of it was. Right.
0: And obviously, Jalen Brunson's coming out party in the playoffs. He was great for most of the playoffs. Jalen Brunson was unbelievable. And I thought they're going to lose to Utah because of the Luka injury late in the year. Uh, I would say this about Jason Kidd I do not want to give him all the credit and I don't want to now give him all the blame so I don't give him all the credit for the team making the Western Conference Finals but I do give him quite a bit of credit I'm I'm going to give him credit I have to give him some blame for this year because the Mavericks if they lose tonight are going to be under 500 and if they lose tonight there's a possibility they're out of the playoffs altogether they could go to the 11th seed. I need to see the rest of the schedule but now you have teams right behind them that are just a game under 500. So if you fall, or two games under 500, if you fall in this and the tiebreakers aren't in your advantage, you now go to 11th place and you're not even in the play in situation. And Jason Kidd, to me, this year has been a bad basketball coach. One. He has not figured out the Christian Wood situation. And maybe it's this. Maybe the dude just shows up to practice not ready to practice. He shows up to the game not really knowing uh, the – and I know this. He doesn't really care about the other team's strengths and weaknesses. He does not care about the matchup they have. He's just trying to get his. And it frustrates the coaching staff tremendously. It frustrates his teammates tremendously tremendously. And so they're to the point now where they just said, we quit on you. We're going to play you 15 to 20 minutes because we are so bad as a basketball team. We have to play you. I don't even think they really want to play Christian Wood a second, but they know they have to because they just don't have any other options. They're not going to play Magoo, which I wish they would play Magoo three minutes. That was Jason Kidd's guy. Jason Kidd had McGee. If you don't know who I'm talking about, JaVale McGee. I call him Magoo, and that's Uh what he is. But... He had him in L.A. when they won the bubble championship. And I'm assuming Jason Kidd was the one who said, listen, I coached him. I was an assistant coach there. I know how much he can help our defensive rebounding deficiencies in the playoffs, how he can help our defensive protecting the rim in the playoffs that we can't do. And he won't even try him three minutes. Like, at this point, I'm like, just try him three minutes. What does it matter? We're going to stink all the time. Uh, You know, we're, we're horrible. Try him for three minutes. If for three minutes Magoo's like, I don't care to play, I just want to collect my $5 million per year for the next three years, I, there's nothing you can do. You made a horrible decision, you signed him. But give Magoo three minutes in the first half and see if he wants to contribute. He can only play 15 minutes a night because of his age and everything like that. That's all Phoenix used him for last year, that's all the Lakers used him for back in the bubble. But see if he can give you, if he gives you three minutes, See if he can give you five minutes. Then, after five minutes, take him out of the game. See if he can give you three minutes in the second half. If he gives you three good minutes, he can give you five good minutes. And that's all. Now, I'm getting 10 minutes of a dude who's seven foot three You can maybe block some shots, get five to 10 rebounds, yeah. but he won't even try that. And I know I'm being specific there, but Jason Kidd, it's a 50 50 proposition with less than a minute to go side out of bounds that the Mavs even inbounds the ball. Like they can't even, we've tried. He goes to Hardaway to inbounds it sometimes. He's gone to Kyrie. He's gone to Luca. The other night it was Reggie Bullock who threw the ball to the other team. And it's just like we don't have an out-of-bounds play. Like literally all year, we've been practicing all this time. You won't spin. How many games have been decided because the Mavs can't even get the ball in bounds? That is. And you weird. won't even practice like for an hour. We're gonna practice out-of-bounds plays and how to get open. And what is our best five on the court? Like he he's not even doing that because like I don't control the team. I'm not the point guard and it goes to this. Jason Kidd is falling into this category for me and we need to get rid of him as fast as possible. He's going to be the coach next year. He's Magic Johnson, he's Isaiah Thomas, he's Steve Nash, he's Jason Kidd of before Jason Kidd in Brooklyn was a horrible coach. Jason Kidd in Milwaukee was a horrible coach and we're starting to see the warts of for some reason the greatest point guards of all time in our lifetime are the worst NBA head coaches. And it's like because they can't control the ball themselves to dictate the tempo, flow, and rhythm. They don't understand how to to control it from the sidelines. They can only control it with the ball in their hands. And I don't know why that is. Yeah. But when you look at the greatest coaches of our time, Phil Jackson, Rick Carlisle. I mean, I'm not saying Rick Carlisle, but I just mentioned he is a very good coach who's been a very good Pop. coach. Pop, Steve Kerr. Yeah. You know, it's getting into the dude Spolstra who never even played a second. You know, he's like, a really good coach, Ryan. man. When you start looking at all these guys that have had major impacts in the last decade or two of coaching, none of them are considered like, hey, these guys are point guards that were starting point guards and then Hall of Fame point guards. In fact, when you get Hall of Fame great point guards to coach, they're horrible at it. The ones that are actually pretty good at it might be Jacques Vaughn, Tyron Lue. Like these guys who are kind of backup point guards uh, seem to be pretty. In fact, Doc Rivers... Like He does have a championship on his resume, but there's a lot of people that are like, dude, I'm not sure how good of a coach he is. And he was kind of like a good, him and like Derek Harper fall into the category of very good point guards in the league, but not like all-star point guards. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is, but Jason Kidd is now proven to me throughout this season. And maybe he can prove me wrong if this is a good three weeks the rest of the way and playoffs. But he has now proven to me that he is Isaiah Thomas. He is Steve Nash. He is Magic Johnson. This isn't for him. Hall of Fame player, but not clo- not a good coach.
2: And Cuban bringing him in, obviously, it was, hey, take hands off. Because what did Jason Kidd want whenever he and Carlisle got together? Hey, man, stop calling so many damn plays. Give, let me right. just do my thing. And like, I got it all figured out. The IQ is here. Don't worry about it. I'll set it all up. We don't need to call plays. And won a championship. And all those things are really nice. And so they said, hey, we got this Luka kid. He's the guy. We got to get rid of Carlisle because he's they're they're conflicting they hate each other. right And I mean, so we just saw that last week. We're bringing much they a hate guy that's going to be hands off. That's going to say, "Hey, let's just you guys do yeah. your thing." And now we need somewhere in the in between.
0: And here's the issue: late in games. We can't stop anybody, can't get defensive rebounds. I'm not blaming Jason Kidd for that. That is Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban constructed a horse-ass team for the last five years. He has done about as, after drafting Luka, you couldn't have done a worse job than Mark Cuban has done constructing a team. But then when you look at the late games here, and the only way to try to win it is offensively, have you seen Jason Kidd draw up a play where you're like, dude, that was great off-the-ball movement. Not. That was great. This, Like, literally, he's like, well, I just watched the game. So he's literally just, I'm not drawing up an out-of-bounds play. I'm not drawing up a play late. Just try to get it to Luca. Maybe now try to get it to Kyrie and just see what happens.
2: Coming up next here on the KNC Masterpiece, it's time for some baseball nuggets. Mike, where are we heading?
0: World baseball classic. Where's the pitching, United States? Next.
2: Oh, it's going to be so sweet to hear Chuck Morgan say that live when we're out there for opening day, Mike. I can't wait to be out there for opening day. By the way, uh, here on the home of the Texas Rangers, uh, I did see this from Jane Slater as well. Adam Thielen, productive free agent. So there is potential interest. However, economics always comes into play. And then lastly, this is interesting, I thought. That She's been told on Dalton Schultz, no offer has been made at this time. They attempted a long-term deal last season, but couldn't find a number that made sense. So when it comes to Dalton Schultz, it sounds like the Cowboys are very much like us. See you later. We got some replacements. All right, it's time for Baseball Nuggets with Mike Bassick.
0: All right, so first thing, shout out to the Dallas Card Show. Had a blast uh, going out there. Got myself an Evan Carter autographed uh, card, so that was my baseball uh, pick up there, but also I saw saw, saw nice. R J Dukes out there. Which R J Dukes, we will be out at their shop Friday. That's right, uh, doing our show Friday out in it's in McKinney. It's right off the tollway. That's my best way to explain it. I forget the exit. I just know it's off the tollway. Really easy to find. There's a McDonald's near there. But uh, we're gonna have a lot of giveaways, a lot of fun stuff going on Friday at R J Dukes. Four hundred really North, North Central
2: you. Expressway. Four hundred North Central Expressway in McKinney.
0: Okay, so there is that. Next, World Baseball Classic. Uh, I had no clue, Corey, what you were watching on your kind of vacation. And obviously, the World Baseball Classic, for the most part, really started this weekend for the United States, for all of Latin America, for I know a lot of people that are rooting for Mexico. Uh, Last night during the game, I believe it was the third inning uh, that they interviewed why am I drawing a blank off the top of my head, Mark? Not uh, Mark Derosa, yes, the manager of U- USA. He's like, we're the visiting team here. Like, this is a pro Mexico fan base. This is not. Uh, even though they're in Phoenix, it was not more United States fans there. It was more uh, Mexico fans there, and Mexico was great. Uh, after having an upset loss in their first game to Colombia, yeah. I believe they. Just boat race United States. I'm going to be honest at seven to one. I was frustrated and I said to myself, I'm going to try to go to sleep now. I don't know how much longer this game is going to go, but it doesn't look like the United States pitchers are going to get them out anytime soon.
2: Yeah, it was the pit. Mike, we went through the pitching staff uh, while we were at spring training and we were like, hmm, what happened here? And it seems like some of those pitchers wanted, the other pitchers wanted to get prepared for their seasons, I'm guessing. I don't I, know.
0: Some of them, like the Rangers wouldn't allow Jacob DeGrom to do it. Okay. Doesn't that make all this, if you give a dude five years and almost $200 million, you're like, hey, we kind of have to really watch.
2: Yeah. And Uvalde, he had a, uh, an injury situation right. that popped up on him.
0: So if you look at this, if I were to tell you, okay, the starting five for the Texas Rangers this year is Adam Wainwright pitching first kyle freeland pitching second nick martinez pitching third uh singer uh i think it's brady pitching fourth you'd say well you know that's an okay rotation we can survive right like we're obviously gonna need to have a really good offense right because that's who the united states are using as their best starting pitchers the guys to eat up innings yeah I don't know that it gets extended from this point on. If you get to out of pool play, if you get to semifinals and stuff like that, you can extend the pitching count where your starting pitchers can make more of an impact. But what the I would say out of the top 50 starting pitchers that are United States pitchers, Mm -hmm. I don't know if they got one of them. Okay. Now, you you start going, okay, like maybe you get to 25 or 30, and maybe that's where a Nick Martinez, a Kyle Freeland, a Brady Singer, like Adam Wainwright's obviously a very old pitcher, you know? Uh, Maybe that's where they, but out of your top, I'll put it this way out of your top 25 starting pitchers in the United States of America, I don't think any of them said yes or could say yes. Like Kershaw said yes, but then insurance wouldn't allow him to pitch in this thing. So I don't think the United States has a chance of defending their title because they're going to have to score 10 runs a game against the best teams because they're just going to get outpitched Mm -hmm. by everybody else. But, Corey, you said you've been watching a lot of it, and how fun is it to watch these kind of all-star lineups face each other? The
2: lineups are great like the that's part of it. For me, it's the other little things, Mike, that are that are blast too. The Watching the atmosphere, the guy, the guys that are ringing up strikes in the background, the fact that Italy has an espresso machine in their dugout. Like there's all these other and that makes sense, right? Italy should have an espresso machine in their dugout. The like the Dominican team should be creating this Puerto Rico, is it Puerto Rico Dominican? Republic. Wednesday
0: night, that'll Wednesday be that night. game. This game is going to be, at the atmosphere is going to be as insane as you've ever seen that, a baseball game. That was the game that my son wanted to go to, and I looked up for standing room only. This was a month ago at the Super Bowl. It was $200 to get a standing room only ticket. If you wanted a seat, it was $300. If you wanted a seat that was kind of between first base and third base, kind of, or behind home plate, that area you were looking at anywhere from about 450 to $2,000 a ticket. A ticket. It was more than the Super Bowl. To go to that game was more than to go to the Super Bowl. So if you're like, why are we talking about this? Get back to football free agency, which the Cowboys do none of. I'm just telling you right now, that game – for dominican and puerto rico by the way the venezuelan tickets too weren't like cheap if you want to see venezuela who has done a tremendous job team and you know what's fun is i showed my sons this as they were like playing video games i'm like come here come here come here and as whether that was you know uh i'll just i'm trying to think of somebody who got a big hit uh i know perez has gotten plenty of big hits for uh venezuela i know i won't bring up you know like altuve but when you see their dugout jump out of the dugout <laughs> yes. and waving the guy around, knowing themselves like Arr! they're into the game, this is college World Series stuff, yes. right? This is, in fact, I think that it was Yadi Molina, who is the manager of Puerto Rico. Take this for what it's worth, because he does have World Championships. He says, "It's more important for us, this Puerto Rican team, to win the World Baseball Classic than it is to win a World Series." We would rather be like if it's Francisco Lindor or whatever, you know, Jose Barrios, who's just become a horrible pitcher. I don't know what has happened to that guy's career, but he is horrible. And I think it's just confidence. But they would rather win this, the World Baseball Classic, than win the World Series for their team. It's no – it's just that's how much it means, especially to – Mexico, who I know is not in that one, but in that pool. But when you look at Dominican, you look at Venezuela, you look at Puerto Rico. This is everything. Japan. This is everything to them. And so you're seeing the energy and the emotion that I think everybody's like, I wish baseball was like this all the time. Well, it can't be. You play 162 games in 183 days. It's it's impossible to have that emotion. It would be like us coming in and having the same emotion. If the Cowboys were in the NFC championship game, That week, we would be going crazy. We can't have that same energy every week. It's just impossible every day to have the same energy if the Cowboys were in the NFC Championship or Super Bowl. It's just a different energy that we get when a team makes the playoffs. Yeah.
2: So. Yeah, no, it it, it definitely is. Playoffs is a different style.
0: I think here's the great thing. I don't know if you watch this or not, but game one when Venezuela beat Dominican Republic. Martin Perez looked great. Yeah. He, he looked like if you're worried about what is he going to look like. And look, it's a it's a glorified spring training game. There's a lot on the line. He can't pitch more than 65 pitches. But he looked great against the Dominican Republic. And that's an all-star lineup. So he faced all stars left and right.
2: think he can be a 2-8-9 again, guy. I think he can be a 3-4 or below. He pitches within what Mike Maddox preaches. Yeah. Like he, is the, he is the Mike Maddox he pitcher. He will pitch
0: the contact. He does have strikeout stuff. But I was like, man, he pitched great uh, in that game, just, just watching that. And uh, this has been really fun. If you haven't been watching tonight, the the United States has pretty much a do-or-die game tonight. Against Canada? Against Canada. I believe it's on Fox Sports 1. A few of these games for the United States, their first one against Great Britain was on Fox, which Great Britain, I don't even know if they had jerseys before the game. I, think somebody I don't said, think they did. Are there is there anybody that makes gray button <laughs> jerseys and they can just throw in black Great Britain across it? Do you um, know who's
2: pitching against U.S. tonight for Canada? No. A young man, the Rangers' number 17 prospect, Mitch Bratt, 19 years old, is going to face the wow. U.S. lineup tonight Okay. Uh, for Canada. So this
0: is this, – It's what, a big game. What a stage, man. Yeah, so this this is a big game. Now, you should beat Canada, but once again – uh, who's pitching for the United States?
2: Uh, I don't have that that one listed. Okay. I'm sorry. My apologies.
0: No, no, no. It's just it's not going to be somebody that you know. It's not going to be like a great pitcher. It's just going to be a guy who's pitching for the United States. And um, this is a game where Canada they killed Great Britain. It wasn't much of a game, but and and the the United States should beat Canada tonight. But if they were to lose to Canada, they're not going into the next round. They would probably get beat out by tiebreakers by Mexico and by Canada. So this is one of these games where the United States has to win tonight. And if you haven't been watching, the lineup for the United States is just tremendous to watch. You are getting Mookie Betts leads off. Mike Trout bats second. Paul Goldschmidt bats third. Nolan Arenado bats fourth. Uh, I believe last night they had Pete Alonzo in the lineup, who wasn't in the lineup the other day. Trey Turner, who was in the lineup against Great Britain, was out of the lineup because they used Tim Anderson. Uh, you have – it's just – it's, it's an all-star. You're watching an all-star great lineup. So it is really fun to watch with, with, with a lot of emotion. Man, this
2: is, this is a – I'm trying to figure out how you maybe – the all-star game has kind of lost some of its luster. Okay. How would we be able to fit something from the World Baseball Classic into that time or be able to create that kind of atmosphere, that kind of game, that kind of feeling? Whenever like this comes about, it's different, but I would I wonder if we could well, change
0: it just as a little bit. There's the only thing is, which is tough right now is your best pitchers only go two to three innings to start off yeah. the world baseball classic, sometimes yeah. four, if they keep their pitch count low, but, and then it starts by the time you get to the championship, you'll have like, let's just say it's Japan in there. Shohei Otani will pitch like six innings or you Darvish will pitch five or six innings. But um, I don't know because the All Star Game is still meaningful. Like I get that there's yeah. there's nothing on the line anymore, but it's the only sport where they actually try.
2: Let's uh, let, I'm gonna figure something out. We're gonna I'm gonna spitball this. Then little at the more. end of the
0: year, teams will be like, dude, our guys are wore out, especially the ones that just played in the playoffs. Yeah. So I've I've thought about it. It's it's I don't think it's the best to do it right now, but I always wonder this: Could you do the pool play right now? Eliminate a lot of these teams. And then have your semifinal and championship game. Uh, But you need the all-star game, too. I think that people would be really upset, the baseball fans, if there wasn't an all-star game. But if you could have, hey, we're going to also have the semifinal. Maybe you play the all-star game. It's usually on a Tuesday. I don't know if you move it to, we're going to take a week off and on Sunday night. We're going to play one of the semifinals on Monday night. Another semifinals Tuesday will be the all-star game. The players don't have to play if they were in the World Baseball Classic, which would make it tough because if you lose all the United States and all the Dominicans pretty much, you're not going to have you're, an yeah, all-star game. Lot, yeah. You will have a few, but like it's just going to be tough. To put it all together in one week.
2: Uh, by the way, Lance Lynn going to be pitching for the U.S. tonight. So, all right. For, uh, sh- but at least we be know nice. who he is. Him up against Rangers prospect 19-year-old. That, uh, that's a very interesting night uh, for tonight. Coming up next, free agency is underway in four minutes. What's happening right now? Next on the fan.
3: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix,